It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic alongside Joe Medor on this 25th day of January, 6.06 on the clock and currently 35 degrees and cloudy outside here in Athens, Ohio. Sports fan presented by J.K. Contracting, a lot of sports over the weekend, football, basketball, high school sports and everything else. Uh, but Joey, first and foremost, it is cold. But how are you? Cold. <laughs> right now yeah. it's fine. But uh, yeah, well, we had to survive the, uh, the power outage on Friday uh, across Athens. That was a it's a boring night to say the <laughs> least, and like it was obviously cold that night as well. And uh, the weather's officially transitioned. I feel like last week we had a couple like 40, 50 degree weeks or days, I should say. I think those are uh, beyond us for uh, for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. But yeah, like you mentioned, a lot of uh, especially in the high school hoops scene. I mean, we didn't get to talk. Uh, we didn't get to have a show Friday because of the power outage and all that. And uh, there's been a lot of games happening in the TVC for sure, and things are starting to pick up a little bit. I know we have some, you know, postseason uh, projections at this point that we're I think we're going to talk about in this first segment here. But uh, you know, a lot of a lot of games happening over the weekend that uh, had some interesting outcomes for sure. Uh, some shocked me, others didn't so much. But um, I think you know it's only going to continue to ramp up as you know the teams that have had to miss some games due to COVID. They got a lot of make up here over the next next month before the postseason to try to beef up their resume any way they can when the coaches uh, go ahead and vote. So we're going to see how that plays out here over the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we talked about, and it was uh, on the really on the ride to, you know, Stewart and uh, Troy and I were talking about it. This game was a game for uh, for Trimble and Fedhawk. You know, yes, it's a, it's a great game. It's a TVC hawking matchup, but it did not help them for the postseason. Right, especially with Trimble winning, because he had Federal Hawking at number one, and then he had, uh, you know, New Boston would have been two, and then Trimble three, or somewhere somehow in that order, right? But now you're going to have New Boston at number one because Trimble beat Fedhawk, and then, uh, you know, maybe Trimble two, then Fedhawk three, depending on what happens throughout the rest of the season. But either way, now you're going to have a matchup before you get to the regionals, to where. It's going to be Trimble Fedhawk if, you know, I mean, they got to get to that point first. Uh, but, you know, Trimble beating Fedhawk didn't help them postseason or didn't help Athens County, I'll say. Did not help Athens County. I mean, County. I have to say, yeah, it helped them greatly. It, They're good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it would have been nice. I mean, somebody would have gone against New Boston at some point in this season. Uh, but, you know, with Trimble already having losses to Chesapeake and to, uh, you know, Piketon, you know, a couple of those losses there. You know, knock them out of the number one territory, right? And then with the you know win against Fedhawk, yes, you get the two seed. But now you have to worry if you're an Athens County fan. You know, now now you're not going to get anything until you know maybe the district finals, and you got to go into the regionals. I don't know. I have kind of a different view on that. I'd love to see the team play three times. I mean, the first game uh, back on Thursday, me and Brad called it. I was shocked, um, just how Trimble came out to really punch Fedhawk in the mouth uh, early on, and Fedhawk. I mean. Me and Brad talked about this on the broadcast after the game and every since wait, Fedhawk just did not get any like I mean, everything that came offensively for a Fedhawk in that game, it was a tough jumper or a tough layup at the rim for a foul. There was just no easy looks for them during the game. Trimble made everything so hard defensively. They were you know, really uh, shutting them down. I mean it was it was really impressive to see. And of course they went on to uh, to win that game by 1974-55. I mean the first half it looked like it was going to be a blowout the entire way. Fedhawk kind of got on a bit of a run in the third quarter and were able to cut the lead down to 9, but they weren't ever able to get past that that threshold of 9 of of, of 9 and uh you know Trimble just kind of weathered the storm in that fourth quarter and then it was a full court press for Fedhawk that kind of started to cause Trimble some issues. They had a lot of turnovers in that third and fourth quarter early on, but once they figured out how to beat it, they were getting a lot of easy layups at the rim. Uh, Blake Guffey showed up. He got to his 1,000th career point, uh, I think, in the second quarter, which, I mean, halfway through his junior season, that's a, that's quite a milestone. Right. And, uh, yeah, they just were able to see it through in that fourth quarter and comes up with a big victory. 
And it's tough to tell, you know, is Fedhawk, was Fedhawk being off two weeks? Did that have something to do with it? I don't know. They won the next two nights. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? After playing, you know, two games in a row. So maybe not. I think Trimble was just the better team that day. And also, federal hockey, it's almost, I mean, we talked about this when you got back on Saturday. They almost have kind of like a, it's like they have too many guys to try to fit into the rotation right now. And at times, I think Coach Thompson is kind of battling, you know, do I need to ride the hot hand or got to keep my rotation how, I, how I'm trying to set it up going? Because they brought in Rodgers back, and they brought in uh, Jarvis back in that game on Thursday. And they both played some minutes. Neither of them started. And uh, I know they were both uh, expected to make big contributions whenever they got back. But at times, it looked like they had guys that were playing well, like Catrill, the freshman. He started a point guard. He and you said he played well on Saturday. We'll I talk am. about that game in a second. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, he was playing well. He was one of the best uh, scoring options Fedhawk had, but they just kept taking him out and putting Jarvis in and other guys at guard. So at times I feel like this Trimble, or excuse me, this Fedhawk team, it, while they're very deep, they're struggling to figure out how to use their rotation right now. Well, and, and the thing is, right, you had a lot of people who were either you know, on a quarantine or on a, uh, you know, injury somehow or another, you know, they were off the court. For whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. They're only seven and two so far in the season, right? Three and one in the TVC Hawking, uh, but that's nine games, right? Trimble, on, on the other hand, you know they've played thirteen games. Like a couple of games here, or there might not make the biggest difference, but now they have to make up those games that they missed earlier on. Like they still have the majority of their season to go. When I was and you know calling the Bulldog games, their season is already more than halfway through. But you take a look at the schedule for Fedhawk. And we were talking about it after the game. I mean, you take a look at, you know, you got Eastern, Southern, uh, South Gallia, Marietta. Like, you're playing back-to-back nights. Four game, was it four games next week? Three? Yeah, I, th- I think you got Eastern, Southern, South Gallia, and then at Marietta. So they're going Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Yep. That's, a, that's And then a, after just playing three straight on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the week prior. After that, you got Southern on the second, yep. Eastern on the third, Peebles yep. on the fifth, sixth, and then eighth. Ninth, twelfth. I mean, you're waking up and basically playing a basketball game majority of the week, and and that's you know if you're an athlete. I think you enjoy that. I think you like to you know go out there and play rather right. than sit and practice. Uh, at least that's the way it was for me for wrestling. But still, like you have a lot of basketball still left to play, and I think the whole rotation issues will solve themselves and figure themselves out sure. as their season gets deeper. You know, for if we were still talking about you know. Trimble or Athens or Alexander having some kind of, you know, too many guys and not really figuring out who's playing with who, then, I mean, it, it's a little bit of a different story there because their season is, you know, more than halfway halfway done. But you got Fedhawk right now that still has a lot of games to play in a short period of time. I'm not too concerned about it because, I mean, more games are better, right? Yeah, I agree. And uh, Michael Roth's at the game Thursday, and we were talking about it, I think, I think clearly, top to bottom, Fedhawk's the most talented team just with the amount of guys they have they can play. I mean, they, I believe, you know, 10, 11 guys played in that Trimble game on, on Thursday. I don't know how many played in, in uh, the Athens game. We're, we can talk about that one in, in a couple minutes here. But they do have a very talented roster. They got two, three freshmen make big contributions. They got Jarvis. They got the Rodgers kid. They, they got them back off injury. Uh, whose kid has scored 20? Massey scored 29 on yeah. Saturday. Uh and they got other guys who can contribute too as well. Um, thinking of the others, who's the other six five kid? I can't. Uh, you got Tyler Rogers. Is, he's about six five, right? Yeah, just about. The kid who's oh, I can't think. I don't know which which. Uh, either way, I but mean. they had the two Smiths. They're good too, especially Hunter Smith. I mean, he had like two thirty point games, uh, and then he he had he crossed a twenty point threshold on Thursday as well. They got some. They got a lot of players over there. And uh, I think right now they're trying to figure out, you know, who needs to uh, who needs to play the most minutes at the most uh, important times of the game, which, I mean, it's a better issue to have than not have the talent at all. But it is something that they do have to figure out. And as you mentioned, they got a lot of basketball coming up to figure it out here. And, uh, you know, picked up a couple more victories over the weekend. So that's big for them trying to, you know, scrape off that loss because, like I said, I mean, besides a little spurt there in that third quarter, I mean, that Trimble dominated that game. Right. And they're well coached. I mean, you know that any team that Howie Caldwell has his hands on, 
it's going to be a well-coached team. And, and it was like that when they played uh, in Trimble, or in Gloucester, I should say, last year as well. I believe the Trimble won that game by 11 or something like that. And then when they played in Stewart later on in the year, Fedhawk won a close one that ultimately ended up winning them uh, the TVC Hawking title. Now, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think it's these two teams and everybody else just kind of like, uh, <laughs> everybody's just kind of there in the Hawking other than, other than those two teams. Right. And, I, you know, I got to agree. It's Waterford might have an outside chance. Uh, do they still have that Holden Daly kid? I think he's, what, a junior now? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. Waterford's got Daly, but I'm not sure who else outside of him that they really have on that team. Yeah, I mean, it's um, tough to look at the conference record. It's such a weak conference. I mean, they're 5-6 and six overall. That's kind of the more telling to me. Right. But, you know, South Gallia, 7-5. and Belpre's 8-8. Uh, eight and eight. So far in the season. Yeah, Bellpreet's played a couple of the the, uh, the top teams tough. Like, uh, Fedhawk only beat them 77-70. Uh, I think them and Trimble had a decent game, too, at some point in the season. So, yeah, I mean, again, but it's just like, you know, Trimble and Fedhawk on their best, there's just miles above the rest of the conference. Right. And they both have wins now over the top team in the TVC Ohio. So That's true. That's true. I mean, they'd be leading in the Ohio and the Hawking. Yeah. Um but, you know, and, and to talk about that game on Saturday, Athens really, uh, I was impressed by what they did because I think Athens played one of their better games of the season, even though the score did not result in it, right? I mean, you had 29 points coming from uh, Braden Whiting. Which is, you know, which is becoming, standard, yeah. becoming standard at this point. I think he has to average around 30. Let's say, let's count the postseason out by now. I think he needs to average around 30 points per game to get to 1,000 points because he's at 800 right now. Yeah, that's, that's a tough task there. Uh, yeah, I mean, when it comes to 1,000 points for him, his big thing was he didn't really emerge until last season. Right. I mean, his sophomore year, he was a role player, but, I mean, right. that, that team was loaded with seniors, and, you know, he was one of the first guys off the bench, but, you know, he wasn't really scoring too many points. Right, but against Nelsonville, York, Megs, which he has a season-high 34 against. Uh, Vinton County, he'll need a big game, you know, for Athens to go out and win again. Uh, against VC, uh, but then Wellston, River Valley, and Alexandra. I mean, those are all games that you know you could see. That I'm not saying that it's going to be easy for him. You know, he's got to go out there and do the work. Uh, but you know, if he's able to get filled the bucket like uh, like he has been, I don't know. He, he'll be close. He'll definitely be close, uh, depending on how much how many points he has and, and where he's able to go. Um, but again, for Athens, it was a 77 to 70 loss for the Bulldogs. Uh, Federal Hawking just rained 14 threes. That was the difference in that game. They shot 14 threes and made them all. And what was impressive was Tarek Cottrell. I, I, got a, I wrote down the name. The dad came up after the game, and, and we verified and checked. And, of course, I said one half of the name wrong, and then Troy said the other half wrong. Uh, so we, we wait, just got to Tarek? Tarek. It's Not like Tariq. No, it's Tarek. But just like Derek, but with a T. Tarek Cut. No, Derek's not spelled with a Q at the end. Well, no, I get that. But it's pronounced like Derek, but then with the T in front of it. So it's Tarek. It's a new one. So it's yeah, I mean, any Anytime I've seen that spelling, it's been Tariq. Right. And th- I think that's what I, I called him. And then I it, somehow <laughs> I wound up calling him the, just the freshman throughout the rest of the game. Because I wasn't sure. But I want to get the kid's name right. Because uh, he shot four threes all in a row. He, from a, he went four for four behind the three-point line during that stretch, and he just rained through. It didn't matter what side of the arc he was on. He was over at the left wing. He was over in the right corner. You know, right wing didn't matter. I mean, he, he was on from three for that stretch and was really a huge part, you know, in the 77-70 to 70 win. Yeah, he's a good player. As I said, freshman, five foot six. I mean, you wouldn't maybe think if you at first glance at him that this kid is, you know, going to be one of the best players with all the, you know, the giants and talented guys they have over at Fedhawk. But he, uh, I think he should start at point guard every game, personally. Uh, just what I've seen him do, even that Trimble game. I mean, he was able to attack the basket. Didn't always really resolve in a, in a bucket, but he would draw a foul or he'd make a good kick-out pass to try to set up a three. He's a good player, uh, for a, especially for a freshman being thrown into the fire of, you know, what he's had to do. I mean, they, they are. But he's a good, he, he I mean, like I said, that's kind of one of the things you got to figure out. I know sometimes it's tough when you have, you know, a senior guard like, like Jarvis coming back off injury, but uh, he's a good player for sure. And it's sometimes a freshman situation. People, some some people, you know, it it causes it can cause an issue of freshman coming in and stepping up right away. But I think he 
getting a, a you know the most minutes at point guard uh, gives them their best shot moving forward. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter if you are a team, right? You want the best. You want to win above all else, right? You, you should be a team mentality. You want to win, and it shouldn't matter. You know, if a freshman is a guy who's called upon to score a lot, or if it's a senior who's been there for four years, you know, it shouldn't matter who does what. As long as you're winning as a team, at the end, everybody's going to get the ring anyway, right? But you got to get there. And if you don't get there, then, you know, put the, uh, and I'm not saying that it is, you know, any kind of selfishness or anything, mm. but, you know, you got to make sure, you know, if it's a freshman, great. If it's a senior, great. Uh, but if whoever's playing the best at that time, you got to get them in. And, uh, again, Fred Hawk has a really, really good team. Deep. Deep team. That's, that's the main thing for me, a really deep team. Right. I mean, I would think you would say Athens, right? You've called them all year. The, not the deepest team outside the starting five. Is there, I mean, you know, the bench isn't terrible, but it's not, you know, anything like Fed Hawks. You look at Trimble, even though they got the best of them. Yeah, Trimble's not as deep. I mean, they got a couple of guys like Clarence Jones comes off the bench and does a, does a good job. Uh, and all this, all the Trimble starters are, are pretty pretty good players as well. You know, Guffey, Dixon, and Freeborn, and... Uh, Weiser. And Weber, yeah, they got a good team for sure. But I just think Fed Hawk top to bottom has the most talented roster. Now, as we saw, it doesn't necessarily result in being the best team overall because, I mean, Trimble handled them pretty pretty easily. But if they do figure this thing out, get the rotation right, and, you know, uh, get back because, you know, they've had to take two, two, uh, two quarantines so far this year for two weeks. I mean, they haven't spent the – how many games they play? They only played nine games, right? They're right. seven and two. Seven and two. So – you know they're still they're still getting used to it, to it, to it, uh, everybody getting used to playing with one another. They got a transfer in Rogers who hadn't played with them last year. They got two freshmen that are playing pretty significant minutes off the bench that obviously weren't there last year as well. Trying to figure out the dynamic, but I would say if they get humming, I think they're going to be pretty pretty dangerous moving forward. Absolutely, you know, and, and right now they are projected to be number three, uh, and if they win, you know, then it obviously change things around a little bit. But in, uh, you know, Southeast Boys Division 4, you've got New Boston, who's probably going to be the one seed, barring any other, you know, you still got some of the season left, but if New Boston uh, gets defeated by somebody else, then maybe, you know, either Trimble or, or Fred Hawk is able to sneak their way back up in there, uh, which would be nice. Again, I'd, I'd rather see, you know, in the district finals, you know, you get one half the side, you get Trimble, and the other half, you get uh, Fed Hawk, whichever side that you are. Um, but that that's right now they're on the same side of the bracket. They got Trimble at the two and you got Federal Hawking at the three. Uh, and Fed Hawk would go against either Paint Valley or Southern and Trimble would go against either Eastern or Sims Valley. But again, like And you probably want to preface that this is just a projection. Yeah, it is a projection. Uh nothing is out yet. We won't know for that about a, another week or two. Um we gotta get into February first, but you know, that's what it's looking at right now, and while it is a projection from one person to another, I'd say that's a pretty good projection on, on where it's at right now. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, those two teams, Trimble, Fedok, they're going to be tough outs in the postseason, especially in Division Four. I mean, they've both beaten Athens, a D2 team, who obviously, you know, is a solid basketball team as well. I'm interested to see, uh, I think we might call it, but the fedhawk Marietta game on Saturday. I think that's going to be... Uh, one of the uh, one of the good ones this year because I mean we already saw Marianne and, and uh, Athens play a t tough hard fought game earlier this year. Right, I think we might have a game on Wednesday uh, for Fed Hawk because we got the the Bobcats have uh, of course we got the flagship of uh, Ohio Bobcats and over on WXTQ Ohio has games tomorrow and Friday at this moment, which means we have an open schedule right now for Wednesday uh, to get Federal Hawking in and then on Saturday as well. Uh, I think you'll have to go and call the game on Wednesday because Brad's got Ohio uh, women's basketball. And then after that, you know, we'll, we'll figure out whatever the schedule is uh, beyond that. But probably plan on a Wednesday-Saturday thing. Sounds like a plan. And then, I mean, if we want to talk about it, we have the Athens projection, too. Also, this photo you sent me is terrible. Do you not know it? I'd send a picture. What do you mean it's terrible? I, it's I blurry. Send... You can't I, even zoom in. I, I could zoom in on here. And listen, I got this from another person. I, I didn't just go to the computer screen and take the photo. I, I took the photo and I shared it with you. 
Well, can I'll, you not read it on that thing? No, it got yeah, here. Use my phone. It got which, lost which in translation at some point. <laughs> which one are you looking for? We're talking about Athens now. So you got to go up to D two in here. Athens right now would be the twelve. Twelve. Yeah, Athens Unioro was projected uh, in southeast one, but yeah, here. There you well, go. I don't want to send a photo, evidently, but yeah, looking at Athens, there are some. Uh, uh, just in that top half, uh, some good teams. And, I mean, I think they're lucky that that, fair, that uh, they got Warren on the bottom half because that team just seems to be only better since the first time that they played each other. But you got Logan up at the top there. I mean, they're undefeated, so that makes sense. I mean, Michael Ross been banging his drum all year, telling me how he was right about saying they were the best team down here or whatever, so good for him. Um, but Waverly, you know, they usually uh, – our solid team, and you got teams like Miami Trace, McLean, and Fairfield Union at eight and nine. So right now, Athens, uh, and I'm just confused by some of the projections. Like they're below Vin County, they beat Vin County head to head. Marietta's below Athens. Marietta, I don't know. I guess obviously the other games that go into play uh, have to be taken in consideration right now. But uh, it's not going to be an easy road for the Bulldogs to. And obviously they can't get you know back to the combo or whatever this year. That's not a not going to be happening. But uh, you know. For a third straight sectional title, uh, it's going to be uh, going to be a tough road. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're open up as a 12, having to play the five right off the bat, uh, and uh, so we'll see how how that works out. But we also know that you know this region uh, had a lot of upsets last year. <laughs> um, you know, right? You know, Fairfield Union got knocked off. They were the one. Uh, Jackson lost. They were the two, I believe. Sheridan was the three. They lost to New Lex. The four, I forget exactly who it was, but I believe by the time that Athens and Logan Elm played, who I believe that was a 6-8, I think Athens was the highest remaining uh, seed at that point. They were. Yeah. yeah, at the six, after just two rounds. So that's how many upsets were going on. Uh, and in, then Athens uh, got upset. I yeah, think. I mean, you know, once you get to that point, 6-8, you know. Well, uh, but now you have the top six that were knocked out. Yeah, yeah. So, and it came down to who, Warren and Logan Elm, right? Logan Elm ended up winning. Yeah. Uh, and they yep. got, they, I mean, they pretty much returned everybody from that team last year. And I remember when they played Athens in the combo last year, it seemed like they shot 98% from the field. Like, I don't remember Logan L missing a shot uh, that entire game. It was uh, it was a tough one for Athens, for sure. <laughs> yeah, tough one. But uh, you know what? They got another chance this year. They're still playing. And hopefully we're able to get through a full you know, postseason tournament. Uh, because obviously last year that got uh, that got stopped. Uh, right after the regions, but we got to take a short break. I've got a bone to pick with somebody. I don't know when we're going to get to it, but I got a bone to pick with somebody about what they tweeted out uh, over the weekend about the Bucks game. But we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and then also, you know, your calls are more at seven four zero five nine two six six four six. It's a sports fan on nine seventy nine seven point one FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. This is Dr. Mashika Roberts, Columbus Health Commissioner. The pandemic is more than a physical health issue. As parents, it's important to remember that our children are also coping with drastic life changes. One in four teens misuse a prescription drug at least once in their lifetime. We must talk to our kids about healthy coping strategies and the dangers of prescription drug misuse. Visit DontLiveInDenial.org to learn how to dispose of your leftover pills and talk to your kids about opiates. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. 
We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 800-296-1327. 800-296-1327. That's 800-296-1327. The always waking up early, letting the dog outside, checking emails, while listening to the best podcast, before heading to McDonald's for a hearty breakfast meal. Like now, you can mix and match the hot and savory sausage gravy and biscuit, crispy bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, or sizzling sausage McMuffin with egg. Get any two for just $4. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item or regular price. Valid when product served. Hi, I'm Kim, and this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. What's happening? It's not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Back inside for the Sports Fan. 970. Oh, really, just 970 right now. As uh, I got, I guess we got a little bit of ice out on the 97.1 antenna, which is all right. They'll uh, defrost overnight. Temperature should be warming up a little bit in the near future. But, mm. you know, you got to, again, I mean, it's, it's an antenna that's on top of a mountain that's uh, pointed up into the sky. It, it might freeze. You know, we might have to deal with that from time to time. Yeah, it gets cold up there. Yeah, it, and like we opened up the show with, it was cold, and it, it still is cold. Uh, but 970, normally 97.1 FM as well uh, as online at uh, nine, uh, well 970WATH.com. And, of course, uh, WXTQ.com backslash WATH will get you there as well. Uh, I got a bone to pick, but I'm going to pick that uh, a little bit later in the show. Uh, we'll, we'll end with that because I'm still not happy with the guy, even though you know, it's been, been a day, right? You give him 24 hours, I'm still not happy with the guy. Either way. Saturday, 85-77 win for Ball State. Bobcats picking up the win against the Cardinals and en route to a triple-double. Only the third in school history was Jason Preston. Now, Preston... Well, he's got two of them. Right. He's, there's three in school history. Preston's got one, and DJ Cooper has the other, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you got Cooper, and then you got Preston's name twice, which is pretty cool. Uh, this one, though, I, I think Preston enjoyed his first one rather than this one. 0-5 from three-point line. Three of 16 field goals made overall, uh, but still, at the free throw line, he's got a uh, you know five of six. Uh, he's got 10 rebounds, 11 assists, 11 points. He can facilitate it. He can shoot it. He's a little bit off, but still comes away with only the third ever triple double in school history. I mean, that's still pretty special. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a NBA draft prospect right now for for a reason. He's uh, the best player on the floor pretty much any time he steps out there in a Mac game right now. And uh, he's, he's, as you mentioned, it wasn't that the best day from the field. You can see he was frustrated throughout the game, but he stayed the course. I mean, just to be able to have 11 assists by yourself in a college game and also add in 10 more rebounds. I mean, he's he does it all, all over the floor. Played 38 minutes uh, in a game that they really had to have, honestly. Uh, we can get into that in a second. But just the accomplishment for Preston, again, his second one in his career. I. You know, the more he does stuff like this, the more and more you worry that he won't be back next year and that uh, he's going to end up getting drafted in the NBA. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to enjoy it while we have him, and uh, hopefully it leads to something special this season. They start to kind of use this one as a momentum builder moving forward. All right, and you hope you, know, you got to look at this you know, year in and year in, uh, year in, year out basis. You hope that he's back next year, but you got to maximize what he's been giving you this year. And, again, I think that Jeff Bowles is a good coach, and I think that, you know, the Bobcats are trending upwards. Uh, but right now you find yourself at 4-4 four and four in the conference with Toledo ahead of you uh, and Akron and Bowling Green and Miami and Kent State and Buffalo. So, I mean, you got to start getting some wins here overall and, and moving down the schedule, um, which, again, 
uh, only three and a half back on the conference with a couple games against these top teams coming up. Um, but eight and six right now. Get the most out of Preston. And you know, if he's in the NBA next year, that's great. If he's not, you know, hopefully he's still here with the Bobcats and he's able to produce just the way that he's been producing, if not better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and as I mentioned, we're going to start to get into the, the game now. Second win over Ball State, so they sweep that series. And Ball State was a team who was picked uh, early on to finish even higher than Ohio in the MAC. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be uh, an interesting thing going forward here. They had to, they had to have that one though. And I've been mentioning the the inconsistencies that they've been having at times of you know. If Preston's down, if 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 uh, Vanderplas isn't playing well either, which those two both only had 11 in the game, you know, where can they turn to uh, in the offense? And Dwight Wilson stepped up with 18, London McDay at 17, and Mark Sears with 19 off the bench. And, you know, he played 24 minutes off the bench in that game, and you, you're starting to see the talent and why, yeah, you know, getting him from Hargrave Academy was so big. I mean, at, at this rate, he, he could be making a t- uh, real play for – uh, the sixth man of the year in the MAC. That's how well he's been playing. He shot eight of ten from the free throw line, five of ten from the field in the game. And he's another guy where you don't really miss a beat at point guard when he comes in. He has the same abilities passing wise and facilitating the offense as Jason Preston does. Um, so they got him to step up. I mean, anytime you get five guys in double figures, you better be winning a game like that. And they were able to. Um, now you want to see them build off of this, right? The most wins they've had consecutively in conference play so far is only two. You know, they've been kind of up and down. They'll, they'll look really good one game, and the next game they come out and look flat. And they can't let that happen against Western Michigan. they gotta, they got to come out. It's a team that they should beat. It's a team that's at, towards the bottom in the max standing, so they should come out and win that game. And, uh, you know, just kind of hope they, they get the ball rolling a little bit here because, you know, we're starting to get into February here soon, and that's when you got to start to play your best ball and take some momentum into the conference championship because i mean and especially this year there's no there's no non-conference win that if ohio does really well and doesn't win the mac tournament that's getting them into the tournament so you're gonna have to win the whole thing to get to that point but i think saturday was a good step in the right direction of starting to trend where this team wants to go they beat a ball state team for the second time this year and uh you know they did it without their two best guys playing at their best of course preston still ended up having the uh, the triple double, but he shot he had a terrible shooting day, three for sixteen, and you know Vanderplas didn't really do too much on the offensive end either. As a you know they only combined for twenty two, and Vanderplas uh, he was four for six, so you know he really he took advantage of the opportunities he had. But it's really a play of Dwight Wilson down low. You know he almost had another double double this year. He had eighteen and eight. I mean he's top ten in the MAC in scoring. He's playing really well. But I really do think if Sears continues to have that kind of production off the bench like that, they can be you know really tough because. When you have Preston having a breather, you know the team's kind of back up. It's like, okay, we got, you know, Preston's out of the game. We can take a break. But they have another guard, a freshman, who's really coming into his own over the last few games. And if he can stay this hot, there can be a real problem. That's the big thing that I think the Bobcats were missing was help off the bench, right? Because in the beginning of the season, you really didn't have a whole lot of you know, production coming off of the bench. You know, you knew that Ben Roderick was going to, uh, you know, hopefully be a guy that you can count on to score a lot. I mean, he had two points in 23 yeah. minutes. He had fa- he had foul issues again. And I mean, right, yeah, he was at four fouls, and there was like 10 minutes left in the second half. <laughs> so it, and that makes it hard, you know. But you know, you hope Ben Roderick can be that consistent scorer. Um, you know, we'll have to score more than two. But uh, Dwight Wilson, 18 points. He's been phenomenal this season. Van der Plage, you knew coming in this year from last year that he was going to be productive. Uh, he also had four fouls. Uh, Preston again with 11, and London McDavid with 17. Yeah, Vanderpuss also dealing with a bit of an ankle thing throughout the game. He kind of slipped a couple times and looked like he rolled it a few times. He played. He ended up coming back in and playing through it, but uh, you know that caused him to miss some minutes as well as 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 well as foul trouble, as you mentioned. Right. They got to again foul trouble, but and and the injury, but still he's giving me double digits and points, and that's pretty good production, right? But you had. A, Four or five guys in double digits, and that's a recipe to win. You know, he had Sears with, you know, a game-high 19. Game-high 19 off the bench, you know. 17 points for McDay, and then everybody else, again, with, you know, a couple of 11s and an 18 from, from Dwight Wilson. But that's what you really need. You need consistent scoring from these guys. If London McDay can give you, you know, 17 per game, you know, you're looking pretty good. I mean, is it realistic that he's going to do that? Yeah, you know, maybe not. You know, maybe he he goes 
five, six, eight points per game, maybe ten. Um, you know, but then maybe Ben Roderick has a game where he's lighting it up because you know that he can fill the bucket with threes uh, at, at any given chance. Uh, but you know, McDay stepped up, uh, Sears stepped up, and they won this game against Ball State. Now they got to go out there and win against Western Michigan, and they got to continue to do it, finish above five hundred in conference, and see if they can earn what that preseason ranking was of number two for Ohio later on in the season. Yeah, you got to start stacking the wins at some point. I mean, coming up here, you got Western Michigan, who they're going to be favored in that game. Then you go to Buffalo. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to come out of a, come out with a win, but then. You get a couple more games against the Michigan teams, uh, Central and Eastern Michigan, who, I mean, all the Michigan teams are towards the bottom of the conference right now. Kind of funny how that works out. But they got to, you know, they got to at some point get a win against a team that, you know, is going to, you know, hold some merit, to, right? Because when we've, we've talked about it, you know, they've been getting blown out by some of the top MAC teams. I mean, Akron beat them by 20 first time around. Uh, they blew a first half lead against Bowling Green, albeit Preston was out, but they had a pretty big lead in that game. Uh, had a 10-point lead going into halftime and ended up losing by eight. So, you know, that can't happen. Then Toledo beat them up pretty good. Kent State as well. They've struggled towards the top t- against the top tier so far this year. And Ball State, that's a fine couple victories, but they're kind of hovering around the same pack that, that Ohio has this year. So, you know, they got to start picking up these wins against the upper echelon. I mean, they did beat Miami by uh, 17, and Miami right now is in front of them. Uh, so, you know, I think they had the talent to do it. It's just... At times this year, it's just been so inconsistent. I mean, like, I mean, Roderick's prime example, I think. He can score 25 or he can score two, like he did on Saturday. Same with McDay. McDay had 17, but, you know, we've seen, you know, days where he's not really involved in the offense. And uh, But I think it's big confidence-wise to know that they have other guys who can step up and fill in the scoreboard when guys like Preston, guys like Vanderplas aren't playing at their best game. And I tell you what, I mean, I don't know what the center position would be right now if Dwight Wilson didn't transfer in from James Madison and was able to play right away, but thank goodness he, he was because uh, I'm not sure you can make up the production that he's had this season with uh, anybody else that they have on the bench right now. Right. I mean, maybe Sam Town steps up. No. Maybe Colin Granger steps up. Maybe it's Mason McMurray. Or even maybe, you know, you play Vanderplas like you're playing Dwight Wilson because, I mean, he's a tall, strong body that you can throw in the middle. But Wilson, the addition of him, has, has been great this year. Um, and with that, Again, I don't know what it would have been without him. And he's got an extra year, right? It's not a one and done with him. I think next year that uh, Ohio will still be able to have him for an extra year of eligibility. Probably. You asking me? Yeah. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's year counts this year. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. That, that, uh, that's true, too. Everybody just gets another year. But it's, a, it's good to see from Wilson. And, yeah. What would it be? Answer is, I don't know. Uh, Somebody else could have stepped be a up. Big, but it'd be a big problem is what it would have been. Yeah. But again, big game tomorrow for Ohio. Uh, they've got Western Michigan, and that game is home inside the Convocation Center. Our pregame show over on WXTQ with Russ Eisenstein starts at 530, with, again, the tip-off starting around 6 o'clock. Uh, we'll take another short break right here on the Sportsman. Uh, I've got some words for Skip Bayless. And uh, we'll be right back. This is a sports fan at 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. When there's something strange lurking under your bed, who are you going to call? Dustbusters! Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. Hi, I'm Dr. Sophia Tolliver. Sure, the fight against COVID-19 includes wearing a mask, but it's much more than a mask. Testing is key. If you feel sick or you've been around someone who is COVID-19, please get tested. Stop the spread. You'll protect those you love in the process. This is about us helping each other. And this effort, it's much more than a mask. 
This message provided by Ohio Governor Mike DeWine and aired on OAB in this station. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740 698 You're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. This caught me off guard, Joey. Oh, boy. This caught me... This was like a blindside hit, and it was a hit for no reason. The uh, the accent's really going to come out during this part. Well, I have no idea why, you know, Skip Bayless would take a shot at Javon Hagen, right? For what good reason does this man have to take a shot at not only Javon Hagen, but he took a shot at the Bobcats, too. And he said something along the lines of one guy was out, elevated the active roster, was Javon Hagen, and he said that that made him sick. Yeah, I don't really understand what made him sick about I don't know why there was such a visceral reaction from Skip Bayless over... Uh, I mean, it was Antoine Winfield. It was actually a big part of the Bucks' defense, but, I mean, he wasn't expected to play, so I don't know why it came at such a shock. Yeah, but it definitely uh, sent some ripples through, uh, through my Twitter feed. Right. But, again, for what reason, other than to stir up Bobcat fans, does that guy have to take a shot at Javon Hagen? And he said it's not even from Ohio State or from, what do you say, the Ohio State. It's from Ohio. Now, there's nothing wrong with the player here. And I, I reached out to Skip Bayless. I sent an email out to Fox Sports, and I want to see <laughs> if he'd come on to the show for what it's, good reason. Did you get an answer? No, I have no answer. Shocker. Yeah, because why, again, it's for no reason. That he'd just take a shot. Javon Hagen went undrafted. He was signed by the Bucks, and he's worked his way all the way up, and he's done obviously a tremendous job because the Bucks put him on the active roster. Yeah. But why? He's a good player here, right? He was a good player here, but why would you just you know? I don't want. Is it fair to say degrade him? You know why? Why would you say that? I don't Javon- even degraded him so much as I mean, kind of Ohio University. Right. Which I like to point out, he said, uh, so he said, not even the Ohio State University. I'm just technically, uh, we are the Ohio University. We're just not. Uh, what's a word I can use on the radio that I would want to say? We're not. Uh, I'll go with up in your face about being the, right. like that school up in Columbus likes to be. Well, and technically, we are the first university in the Northwest Territory. So we were here before Ohio State, and, you know, Lou Horvath says it every time, and I get a kick out of it each time that you know, Ohio State is on the uh, you know, opposing end for the Bobcats because, you know, they get to hear the first university in the Northwest Territory. I was doing a uh, public address announcing for the field hockey team, and, you know, they were all smiling and laughing about it because they were playing Ohio State. <laughs> and, you know, I made it a, a, a point to say the first university because if you're going to be up that up front about the word the, you know, all right, I'll turn it back on you then. Well, the stupidest thing, and, you know, this is getting away from Skip Bayless because we're talking about the the thing. Every state university is the blank state university, but, like, for some reason, Ohio State is uh, the only one that seems to really care to let you know about it. Right. And here's, I got the, this is the official tweet from Skip Bayless. This is before, yes, 302, before the game, and Anton Winfield, he says, Anton Winfield Jr. has been replaced on the active roster by Javon Hagen, an undrafted rookie from Ohio off the practice squad. If he leaves it there, that is fine. You know, it shows that Javon Hagen yeah, has he's come not up. A, he's not a reporter, is he? He's a... Right. So now he puts his own little opinion piece in here and says, not from the Ohio State, just Ohio. Just makes me sick. Why? What about the Bobcats makes you sick that a Bobcat is playing for Tom Brady and the Bucks? Like he's a big Buck fan. Why wouldn't he want to go out there and root for this kid that has now just been He's risen. a Tom Brady fan, he's not a Bucks fan. Uh, again, regardless, he was rooting for the Bucks. 
why would he just say that about, you know, Hagen or say that about, you know, Ohio? And Ohio has a lot of, you know, we've had a lot of good players. T.J. Carey, you know, a, a player that comes to mind. You know, Nathan Rourke, while he might not be in the NFL, I mean, he's going to have a hell of a career over in the CFL. Basham for your Jets. Terrell Basham, exactly. You have a lot of Bobcat, maybe not Mike, as many. Mike Mitchell went to Ohio. He's out of the league now, but played for the Steelers for a few years. But again, I mean, that's an insult to Frank Solich. That's an insult to the defensive coordinator for Hagen at the time, which was Jimmy Burrow, right? <laughs> Because Burrow was his coach for the majority of his playing career. Until his for, last year, yeah. Yeah, until... So not only is Skip Bayless, you know, taking a shot at, you know, the university as a whole, he's taking a shot at the coaching staff. He's taking a shot at Hagen. He's taking a shot at Jimmy Burrow. Why? I'm just confused as to what made him sick. Exactly. <laughs> Javon Hagen, like, they didn't say he's, Javon Hagen's starting. He got in on special teams a little bit, but, like, I think his point he was trying to make was, like... He was upset that the starting safety for the Bucks was going to be out, which obviously gave the Packers a better shot in his eyes. It ended up mattering. The Bucks won anyway. Right. And uh, so he was upset that Javon Hagen was the one. But Javon Hagen, it wasn't that he's the one replacing uh, Winfield on the starting defense. Hagen was never going to see the starting defense. Right. They have Two other corners, or corner safety, excuse me, on the depth chart in front of him. He played special teams a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. I can't came out of nowhere. I got a kick out of everybody kind of lighting him up as soon as it happened. Like, I did. all right. I mean, you got to take a little bit of pride on where you're from in the, in the university. I mean, I'm an uh, alumnus now, right? So, I mean, everybody who's an alumni, which the Bobcats have a, a, a big alumni, you know, fan base from all over the country, wherever you come from. You know, there, there's a and Peter King of the NFL, right? I mean, he was uh, a Scripps kid. Yeah, he's always wearing Ohio stuff when I right. see him doing interviews and stuff. You know, so you have Bobcats all away around the country. And when you take a shot at the and Bobcats. Skip went to Vanderbilt. Yeah. How many freaking NFL players are from Vanderbilt right now? No one. <laughs> yeah. It's just un unbelievable that, uh, it, and it just, it's so off guard. It's so off the cuff, right? Why would he just take a shot you know, he's, he's saying Ohio State is better than Ohio. I can't Ohio. tell you why he did it. Wait, wait, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not asking you to, but like, what provokes the man to take a shot at the Bobcats? We've done nothing to him, you know? Maybe he got denied from uh, from courtside <laughs> or something when he showed yeah. up here many, many, many years ago. I don't know. I, I don't know. It did seem bitter, whatever it was. It's, yeah. Like he's has I don't know what his of... gripe with uh, Ohio University would be, but... Right, and there's no gripe... Unless he didn't like which Paul came here to the university, Jake Paul, I don't think, Logan Paul. What, what relevance would that have to Skip Bayless? Nothing, but he might not like that guy, so he might associate that with the other one. I don't know. Either way, like, there's no reason for him to make that shot. If he's going to say whatever he's going to say, you know, Hagen wasn't replacing uh, the, the other cornerback. You know, it, he's been around, he's been a talking head for how long? Yeah, but you, we're also talking about a guy who said that he thought Dak Prescott talking about his depression made him look weak. So, I, like, it, you know, I don't think Skip Bayless is <laughs> held to high regard in, you know, the things he says. I know personally I don't base any of my sports opinions on what Skip Bayless has to say. Matter of fact, I tend to think the opposite. If uh, if he's going one way, I probably uh, i am going to fade that. Right. And again, I mean, I, listen, do I pay attention to the guy? No. But when he's going to take a shot at, at the university, at Hagen and the coaching staff and everybody, all right, so I'll pay attention. But again, like, that's the only reason why he would have to come out and say something with this because he's just looking for attention for something. And did you see how many, And again, how many tweets does he have to have in one football game? He was like live tweeting the thing as it was happening and throwing right. his opinion into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he always does that. I mean, how many... Why? You know, just watch the game. Yeah, he's not a beat reporter. People aren't going to him for information. I don't know. It, it was just a weird off. It, again, I, I, it, it was a blindside hit. You know, why, why is he just throwing haymakers from the top? You know, just stay well, away. I mean, Hagen got a good laugh. He took the picture with the, with the trophy and put that on Twitter. Right, I mean, now it... it Cam Odom told him to shut up. Yeah. 
And uh, Tim Albin said, that's our captain. Yeah. <laughs> so which, was, uh, which was pretty good, too. And this morning, I know uh, the SIDs and, and the people who run the, uh, the Ohio University account both put out there. Um, i got to find it now. But for Ohio football on Twitter, they changed their Twitter name. They did not change um, the handle, but uh, it was the official account. So this one says, just the Ohio Bobcats. At Ohio Bobcats on, on Twitter. So that, I, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I can't remember if they did that to their football Twitter handle as well or not. Um, I want to say they did, but I can't, uh, you know, can't find it real quick now. Either way, you know, so that changes to that. And then Ohio University puts out a tweet uh, from their handle, taking a shot at Skip Bayless, and said, yeah, uh, total he's, a, he's a jerk. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of what, it's well, kind of has been his thing for years. And here's the thing. Total number of players in the Super Bowl. Bobcats, they've got one. The Buckeyes don't have a single player. Zero. So that's not only a shot. You got a twofer on that one. <laughs> yeah, you take out Skip Bayless for what he said yesterday, and you take a shot over at Ohio State, which I'm all here for if you're going to go back and forth with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, yeah, there's a lot I, desp- I didn't like. I despise in the tweet. One, Skip Bayless tweeted. Two, uh, Ohio State was praised. And then I guess throwing three, he tried to take a shot at Ohio. So. Right. And it's an unprovoked shot. The guy worked hard. He was elevated to the active yeah, roster. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, yeah, it's weird. Again, like he, Javon Hagen did Usually every guys like that are, right. are praised, the undrafted guys who can fight their way onto the active roster. Again, I mean, like, I guess he assumed that Winfield being out would, you know, perhaps swing the the Packers are going to go win, but uh, again, Hagen wasn't even going to ever take, I mean, unless things went bad, Hagen wasn't going to take a defensive snap yesterday. Like, I don't right. I don't know what the... Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to pick Javon Hagen out as a target for uh, his uh, little tirade there. Yeah, I mean, you're going to pick the guy who did everything right, getting up to the NFL, you know, being on the active roster for back-to-back weeks. Why didn't he take the shot at him at, you know, two weeks ago if he was going to zero right. in on Javon well, because, Hagen? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. You know, it, this isn't the first time he's been elevated to the active roster. He was active last week, too. You know, and this week, they're going to take the shot at him and take the shot at Ohio? Why? You know, there's no good reason for, for him to do what he did. And I'm making it sound like, you know, he went out there and killed somebody. No, he, he didn't kill anybody. But still, like, the guy deserves praise to be elevated to the active roster. You know, he, he worked hard. He was an undrafted rookie and went all the way up. And show a little bit of support to the guy. Don't just throw him under the bus and degrade where he, he graduated from. <laughs> uh, come on. What are you doing, man? Yeah, yeah pretty good. Yeah, you would think he'd be supportive. I mean, he's, quote, unquote, a journalist. Uh, we got a pretty good journalism school here, from what I've heard. So, right. yeah, I don't know. Maybe he didn't get in. Yeah, may- maybe he was denied. Maybe denied. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's why he went to Vanderbilt. I mean, Vanderbilt is much harder school in general to get into, but, you know. I don't know about the program, though. Right. I mean, the program here is pretty hard to get into for the journalism program. You can get into the university college and then maybe, you know, work your way up and in. Uh, but still, you know, why Why he's taking the shot at Hagen, I don't know. That's just beyond me. If anything, if you're going to root for that team and you want that team to win, probably taking a shot at the guy is not how to get him on your side. Yeah, well, well, hey, I'll say it again. He's a jerk. Mission accomplished. He got us to talk about him. Now we'll forget about him for next week unless he takes another shot at us. And I don't know how to fire back, but we'll, we'll come up with a creative way. It's been the Sportsman on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Appreciate you listening in. For Joey Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. They come your way.